0: All right, Sarah. So you're already in Arizona. You beat me there. How is Tempe? Are you ready for the summit? Wow. That's a lot of questions. I did beat you here. Tempe
1: is amazing. It's so warm. I'm so happy. Um, and I think that we're ready. We, Lisa and I, Lisa Ingerfield, my co-founder and I, for the Outspoken Women in Triathlon Summit, in case anyone doesn't know. Lisa arrived today. I've been here for a couple of days. I picked her up at the airport. We came to the hotel. And there was just this giant pile of boxes waiting for us. <laughs> Why? <laughs> it was kind of amazing. You know how you kind of, I just lost track of how many things were being delivered to the hotel. So we have everything from like pop-up stands and banners, all the swag for our swag bags, sponsor stuff that sponsors are sending for us and for attendees. All our thank you presents for speakers, like everything just
0: a lot of stuff. I've actually never, I'm not fancy enough. I've never had things delivered to my hotel. <laughs> I just bring them myself. So I didn't know that was an option. Exactly. Well, that's why I'm so excited about it. <laughs> because I'm like, I must be really important because
1: my stuff precedes me at the hotel.
0: So, so when this airs, because we record a couple of days before it airs, we don't do it live. When this airs, it, the summit will be starting that afternoon on Friday afternoon. Yes. If people are listening... And they aren't like already there, already have a ticket. What can they, how can they participate?
1: Okay. So we do have a couple of things going on media wise. One is that we're following it extensively through Iron Women. Um, So Ashley Wiles, who does the Iron Women live, you can follow on Instagram at Iron Women podcast or the Iron Women podcast Facebook page. And so Ashley's going to be here. She's doing live interviews with a lot of the speakers. And she's also going to be on Instagram. If, if anyone's followed along with Ashley before, you know, she's super good on the stories and doing live from Instagram, too. So that's a great place to follow. Triathlete Magazine is also coming and they're doing their own coverage. And I know I talked to Erin Beresini yesterday, which is Tuesday, and she's planning some like some video coverage as well. Uh, And then additionally, we have a PR team coming and they're doing kind of a recap, short recap video every day. So you guys can watch for those and we will post them through like the Outspoken Summit social media, through Iron Women social media and Triathlete magazine as well. So there's a lot. There's a lot of
0: ways to follow for sure. There's a lot of things. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Okay. Okay. But all but everyone will still be missing out on this super awesome fun time. So. Oh, my gosh. Next year. Yeah. They'll have to be here. If you're not here, you don't get your drink ticket. So you have to come next year for that. (laughs) Oh, I don't think one drink ticket is going to be enough. You don't think there's also
1: other fun aspects about being here, like good, like socializing and learning things from one another and actually seeing the sessions.
0: (laughs) So (laughs) that's there
1: you go. I just sold it, didn't I? Boom. Yeah. Um, Yeah. No, we're we're super excited. We're so glad that it's sold out. We're so grateful. So it's really exciting that it's actually happening. I can't I kind of can't believe it. But anyway, as for now, this show coming up (laughs) after the break, Kelly and I are going to talk about, are we a number, as in are we RPRs, Kona Algorithm Part 12, a voicemail from a listener, and the NBC Kona
2: coverage. Live Feisty's If We Were Riding is brought to you by Ass Kicker, Inc., whose boutique line of activewear for women features positive uplifting messages such as Strong is the New Skinny, and I Can, I Will, End of Story. You can support the podcast and get 20% off with the code RIDING at AskKickerInc, ink with a K, dot com.
0: I'm Kelly O'Mara, And
1: I'm Sarah Gross. And you're listening to Live Feisties. If We Were Riding. <laughs>
2: you people can tell me to stop this time like the last time you better get ready to race in ready to do this you the truth is I step on the field it's time to get real and I'm so,
1: so Kelly again I think I congratulated you 12 times but you had a massive <laughs> PR in the 10k of Thirty-seven sixteen, am i right yeah yeah and you know how
2: um
0: we've joked that only you and my watch like thought i think i can run fast my watch sarah still thinks i should be running faster yeah 35 it was like yeah 35 something yeah
1: yeah that's what that's what you could do okay but noted but nonetheless 37 (laughs) is still excellent (laughs) excellent
0: Um, yeah so i did and i, I feel like i want to like clarify because i think last week on the podcast i was like oh i'm doing the super big race with all the elites yeah okay so the elite race was the 5k so oh. the elites like did the 5k with prize money but i didn't want to run a 5k so i ran the 10k so i like won the 10k but i didn't beat for runners to be like super clear here right right okay. if i had run the 5k i would have come in like third to last but that's fine third to last, you would have been well, in the pro people. race. Yeah. That's what you figured? I looked at the times. So. Okay, you,
1: you slotted yourself <laughs> in. I love how we do that. Right. We like I look know. at a race result and go, if I was there and of, and of course we picture ourselves there, like in our a game, right? Exactly. So if I was there and I had a
0: PR that day, I would have won. <laughs>
1: like, but you can't. You can't win something that you don't attend. Oh no, <laughs> I do
0: that kind of thing all the time. We're like, well, so-and-so, who I beat one time, beat this girl who won a race. So I'm pretty sure I can win an Iron it's a Man. Complicated FYI. Of <laughs> it's
1: like basically, you want an Iron Man. Yes.
0: But I did, okay, so here's what I wanted to say. I, I like what I wanted to tell our listeners. My wisdom. I'm gonna impart Sarah. Okay. So I think uh, Everyone knows I've not had, like, my awesomest races this year. I feel like everyone knows that. I feel like that's a well-known fact. You've stated it many times. stated it. Made it. Yeah. So my point is, Inner Circle knew I've been super fit for a while. You knew, I knew, my coach knew, and my husband knew. And that was, like, it, right? And so it just hadn't been coming out is my point. And then I go and I run, like, a minute and a half fashion I've ever run for a 10K, which is a lot for, like, that short of a... And so my point is, like, I... Have been having shit race after shit race after shit race, and like we all knew it was coming, and it just took a while for it to come, right? You know what I'm saying? So it took a while, and the other half of that is even if you had asked me, I thought like okay, so fast I run before this is like 38.50. I thought I was going to run low 38s, like maybe, maybe I could like slip just just under 38. Right. And if you had asked me, I'd have been like, ah, it's not going to happen. I like bombed my workout the day before I was like cr- almost crying during my warm-up Cause I almost like, I felt terrible. I like couldn't hold the pace. I like started to throw up. Cause I was like, so I like, it felt so bad. So I'm si- I literally was sitting there in the crowd, at the start line thinking like, this is going to be a disaster. Like I'm, I feel awful. Like I can't do this. And then I ran like a minute faster than I thought I was even going to run, which would have been faster than I'd ever, you know what I'm saying? So my point here is, Sarah, you like don't know when it's going to come mm-hmm. and you like shouldn't hold yourself back. You see what I'm saying? Yes. If I just, if I, when I hit the 5k in like the fastest I'd ever run a 5k, if I had just been like, oh shit, this is too fast. That would have been stupid, you know?
1: Yeah, it's true. You know, what's interesting as you were talking and you were saying that the people around you knew you were really fit and knew it was coming. Great, right? <laughs> it's like it, that's how it always is, right? You know, you know how when somebody wins, like somebody wins an Iron Man, and we go, "Well, they came out of nowhere." They didn't come out of nowhere. They
0: did. They, they never been, came out they of nowhere. They've been working
1: really hard for a decade, and all of the people around them know what they were capable of. And you know, <laughs> like that's the story. And so your story is perfectly aligned with that.
0: There you go. Um, sorry, can you hear my cat got into the cabinet under the sink and is pulling things out? That's what that just noise sounds is. like a mild ticking. Okay. Yeah, it's the cat pulling things out from under the cabinet under the sink. I'm sure. Just so you know. I'm sure our listeners are, aren't distracted at all by that. <laughs> okay, no worries. Me either. Anyway, it was very satisfying, Sarah, to run a PR and I now no longer care that I have one more race left in the year <laughs> and I'm trying to keep it together. When, w- when was the last time you ran like a PR that like you felt really good about oh man
1: um well i ran it
0: was my pr for
1: uh iron man at brazil when i went 8, oh, okay. eight 56, i think um, triathlon's a little harder to get t- like i don't get as hung up on times yeah. for triathlon yeah i didn't think it, it is and it's like that's a super fast course you know and, right but you know but still i never thought i'd go under nine hours under any circumstances so for sure that was that was pretty special actually my 10k pr this is hilarious. I think there's there's something to be learned here, I like what not to do. But I was trying to get onto the um, Scottish national team, like to train with them, and you had to make the A qualifying standard in either swim or run, and then you had to make the B qualifying standard in the in the other sport, right? And so I, there was no way I was making an A qualifying standard in swimming, <laughs> so I had to run. I forget. I think I had to run under 36.
0: You told me this and you like were on the track, like having to bang out like a 35 something. Have I said this in the podcast before? Am I boring everyone right now? No, obviously you're boring. (laughs) (laughs) You told me this. You told me that you had to like, that no one thought you could do it. And you were like out on the track by yourself. Nobody thought I could do it. And there
1: I was. No, there were other people there and there I was. And I literally, I think, no, I, I know what I ran because it's my PR. To this day, I never ran faster for 10K as when I was trying to get myself before I was even an elite athlete. Like, I was trying to prove to everyone I could be good enough. And I ran 3440 and just about freaking died. But I never ran faster than that after.
0: Yeah. So. You're like, never going to happen again. Yeah. It's fine. But when people ask me,
1: I still, I just like own that. I'm like, yeah, it's all good. But I never, you know what I mean? Like, I never translated that to like amazing. Imagine, like, if I had run 34. 40 off the bike i could have gone to the olympic games but of course i never like managed to translate it into that i
0: just like i
1: just like got it's up to okay the national it's team okay and, like, it you
0: one time you beat somebody <laughs> at a workout you beat somebody right. who went to the olympics so basically That's exactly <laughs> what to the i won a work a very important workout <laughs> boom yeah boom. <laughs> all right see we're passing on our wisdom to our listeners right. so they can go out save your prs for days that matter yeah. True, true. Like, like Kona, Kona. Do you like that time. transition? Yeah, great transition. Good. Well done. So we have talked <laughs> quite a few times about Kona allocation algorithms, slot allocation. Just the slot allocation. I feel, like <laughs> the slot alloc- I feel like we always talk in this shorthand that we need to like take a second right. and explain. When people earn slots to Kona at other Ironman races, there is an algorithm that allocates those slots to each age group that is essentially proportional to the size of the age group, but the exact algorithm is top secret (laughs) and changes. Is that a good summary? That's a good summary. So the exact algorithm changed at some point earlier this year. And the only reason anybody knew is because they expected there to be, for example, three slots in one age group, and there was only two or four and there were five. So the people who do the math on this kind of stuff and try to backwards engineer the algorithm believe they have figured it out. Wow. Dumped I am. Duh. Duh. And it uses this like, oh, my God, it uses this method that is apparently a mathematical statistical method for allocating uh, proportionality when things are whole numbers like in elections and is named after DeHant or Jefferson in the U.S., <laughs> I went down a Wikipedia wormhole and I feel like I have a lot of information I like want to share now about the DeHant method of proportionality. Okay. But, Are we going to have to listen to that? <laughs> no. Okay. The gist Pew. is... Okay, the gist. Give that us the take-home point. That smaller groups lose slightly more under this method and the larger groups gain slightly more. So like in this case... <laughs> That means like the larger age groups are more often to have one more slot than they would have under the old system. The smaller age groups are more often to have one less. So older people
1: and women are more likely to have less in this particular case, right?
0: Yes. Yes. Which I mean, we already knew that. That's fine. But the specifics now we like, it's, you know, you can see, you can like play with the math if you want. Okay. So we're going to see if this current theory holds. I'm sure you're going to update us later. Right. If this and obviously. This doesn't apply to the pros because the pros have their own special system yes, that do. we talked about last week. We talked week. about
1: last week because Andrew Messick and I had that, the CEO of Iron Man and I had a conversation about it. And we had a voicemail from Alyssa Gadeski, who hosts the Iron Woman podcast, about this.
2: Hi, Sarah and Kelly. I listened to last week's If We Were Riding podcast with the Andrew Messick message. And I just wanted to. I was inspired, I guess you could say, to leave a voicemail of my own after this. And I feel that Sarah did say some of these points, but I just want to make sure it doesn't get lost in the excitement that Andrew is listening to the podcast and thinking about the women's pro numbers and is excited that we like almost had equal numbers or whatever I guess he was saying. But I don't want it to get lost in the fact that I still feel like it's actually, I mean, it's almost like creepy to me. He's like sitting there. I picture him like, you know, with his like, what's that movie? Austin Powers. And he has his hands in front of him and he's like watching his like machines and people work in front of him. And he's like watching the women earn their equality. And I just feel that it should be a reminder to everyone that equality should not be earned and it should be a right. And Andrew is the one who is keeping us from that fundamental right. And regardless of the fact that he's excited that the numbers are growing, he still, I feel, has a basic responsibility to give us the right of equality in the pro ranks. Um, And that would be up to him. So just want to make sure that didn't get lost in the other great parts of last week's podcast. Talk to you guys later. Bye.
0: Okay, so obviously... Last week, we got your version of Andrew's summary point. So it was, it's not like exactly fair to say like he said those things. Yeah, this,
1: this is where I feel like I'd be way better if we just had Andrew come on the podcast. That would be way better so that he right, could explain it, it in first person. But I did send him some notes like, hey, I might say that you said this. Is that OK? And he said yes. And then I didn't really get to all the notes. To be fair. Okay. So that's so kind of how it went. you
0: want to give him the full I don't know if benefit of the dowry here is but you want to make sure we understand what his position is well
1: I think like to Alyssa's point I think that it it I think that it is true that if Andrew Messick is in a position like he not if Andrew Messick that Andrew Messick is in a position that if he wants to make equal slots he can make he can have equal slots oh yeah if Andrew Messick wanted to do it Andrew
0: Messick could do it he decided he wanted to do it for 70.3 he did it right he decided he wanted to change the pro qualification system for Kona. He did it. Like he could do whatever he wants. Like it's a private company. So
1: then to be talking about it afterwards, like, oh, it's too bad. I wish we could have had equal slots. I wish it could have got an equal way in Arizona. (laughs) I get that. Like, that's a great point. It's like, yeah, except that you could have just decided it in the first place. Um, Right. So what I want to say. So fair point. Yeah. I think this is a great point that we need to just pause on for a minute. But the thing that I really, I think that I really realized in talking to him and the reason why, like we're often arguing from a, for equality, from a moral point of view, like we feel like having equal slots is equitable and fair, right? And he feels that proportionality is equitable and fair.
0: I don't know and that so, he feels that proportion. sorry, the catch to pulling things out. I don't know that he feels proportionality is equitable because those words mean different things, but he definitely thinks it's fair. He definitely, not to like put myself in Andrew Messick's head because... I think he thinks it's no an equitable opportunity. I do think. Yeah, that he I, I still so. think that's like a use of dictionary, but I do think he thinks it's fair. I think he thinks that it is the fairest, it is the, like the right way, it yeah. is morally honest. That's right. And that, like, if he did it, if he just gave equal slots to women and men, it would be easier for the women and that wouldn't be fair. I right. think he does. I think, I think I, that's now, a fair representation. Yeah, I'm not going to get into like psych 101 on how much he's convinced himself of that because he wants to believe that that is the truth. You know what I'm saying? I have no idea. I've only talked to Andrew Messick like twice. I'm convinced he hates me. I'm convinced everyone hates me. It's fine. So I don't know, but I do think that is what he would argue, right? Is that he genuinely thinks His system is like a fair system. Yes, that's right. Which gets back to like, okay, side point. I made a side point in the newsletter. Triathletes need to, like, are militant about proportionality. They're so goddamn weird about proportionality. Like, that it has to be, like, if this field, if this age group is one tenth of the field, they should get one tenth of the spots proportionality does not denote depth proportionality does not denote competitiveness or equivalency or anything like the end goal is not to have proportional age groups at Coda that exactly represent the size of the sport the end goal is to have the best people the equally good people across age groups at Kona. That's the goal. Proportionality is just a means to a goal. It is not the goal itself. It drives me nuts because if you ever say anything, try get super weird about proportionality. Nobody else in any other sport. If you ever bring it up outside of the sport, people are like, that does that's they like, don't understand it. I it's thought, like, it's like talking another language. I
1: thought your example earlier that you made of how you could, you've come last before in a race with 10 people in it. Like if you're in a track race right. of the best people in the world, you might come last in a race of 10 but you can come first in a race with
0: 5,000 people. Right. Like this past weekend, literally won that 10 K with like, I forget it had like 5,000, whatever, but I've literally come in last. If I'd done the 5 K with the elite field, I would have been 18th out of 20. Right? right. So you're like, is, is that, is the 20 person field really less good than the 5,000 person field? Obviously not. That's absurd. Like that does not denote competitiveness or depth. So we've gotten a little hung up, like, cause clearly Overall numbers often correlate to competitiveness and depth, but they really
1: are not like they're, equal they're to. They're definitely yeah. not the deciding factor. Like, I think if you said what, cre- what makes the, the depth of a field, you might have the total number of people as one of the factors of one of five or six factors, I would think. And I often hear this. I often hear this from women, right? It's like they don't want a change in how we qualify or the number of slots for the, especially for the age group women, because they don't want it to be easier. Like when people are like, I don't want it to be easier for me just because I'm female. Right. I I, like, I often hear hear that
0: that a lot. People. And and you're like, I don't want it to be harder either just because I'm female. Right.
1: right. And so it's, it's a, right now it's, it's a, unfair system that's like so if you had all the best in the world all show up in the same age group the same race still you'd probably only have one slot or two slots for that
0: i think it it also i think the i think the unfairness of the system becomes clear when you take out the gender question when you just compare male age groups to male age groups is the 40 to 40 men's age group really what is it it's like that the big championship races, they get 10 slots often. Is it really five times better than the men's 20 to 25 age group? No, like that's absurd. It's not right. Is it 10 times better than the men's 18 to 24 age group? Like, no. So I think when you like compare, then you're like, wait, like the size, are you genuinely saying the ninth place man in the 40 to 44 age group is the same as the second place man in the 20 to those are not actually equivalent. And then you start to be like, Hey, maybe this system Andrew Messick is not fair. Maybe not. Maybe. Maybe not. That's all we're saying. Okay. I'm looking, I looked up equitable.
1: Oh, that's what okay. I was doing. Did you see me on my phone? <laughs>
0: yeah. I was like, why is she on her phone? I like, I why so is she not boring? listening to
1: what I'm saying? Right? <laughs> <laughs> so equitable adjective, fair and impartial an equitable balance of power. To be honest, I, I, the reason I was looking at my phone so much is that it's really hard to find a definition of equity that's separate from business. Yeah like because they're just talking about oh. like money and checks and balances, right? Um, well,
0: don't you I've seen a lot of these discussions when we talk about like social justice in the US about like what is just versus what is equitable, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like cuz you talk about like giving giving everyone the same place to start at is not the same as giving them the amount of head start that they need to achieve the same and whatever. There's a cartoon that explains this. I'll find
1: it. Okay. We need to find that. Because I think, um, I don't know, it's just an interesting, like when you said it, I was like, oh, that's quite interesting. What does, because I have the same sense of the meaning of equity that that you said, like that
0: equity doesn't, like equal doesn't, isn't the same as equitable. Right. Um, but we Giving would say. Every, yeah. Giving everyone like the exact same thing is not the same as giving everyone like an equal chance or is giving everyone what they need to have an equal chance. Right. Like,
1: right. And I would say, and like, to this point, I would say in the Kona situation in terms of the slots, right. If that, that the difference between equal, like equal would be 50 slots for the men in the old system, 50 for the women or whatever. Right now it would be, if it would just went straight down those lines, right. Equitable could be potential for equal slots for 50 on each side. But also adding in a, would you say, like a depth of field factor, like the thing we talked about yeah, last week.
0: Where, this is what I've ta- I was talking about this with somebody else. Like there needs to be kind of like a depth of field kind of caveat to qualifying. Like a qualifying on different standard different so
1: that if you do have 50 men and 50 women or whatever the number is, 40, 40, 30, 30. Right, whatever. That all make the qualifying standard be based on their performance that they should get to go. And I think that would be equitable.
0: in track. The way they do it is like, if the top, well, I'm talking about like in collegiate competition and high school competition, that the top three go automatically on to the next thing. But if you hit X standard, which is a time in track, because track is straightforward and you are not in the top three, you also go on, right? Right. And so there needs to be that equivalent in triathlon where like, sure, every group gets a spot, but then if you are so good, not like, like for your age, and you aren't, and you don't win your age group, you should still get to go on, or the equivalent in the pro field or whatever. Right. Like if you go 844
1: in Ironman, Arizona, right. you should get to go, par exemple.
0: Just uh, picking just, off the top of my head. A just a random example. that Ironman random example. It may not have happened a couple of weeks ago. Did you actually watch the Kona coverage this past weekend? I did not, I'm guessing no. All I
1: heard was that. It, I, all I heard was basically bad news about it that it sucked from a variety of corners. So I, watched I it.
0: didn't hear anything until after. So I formed my opinion on my own, Sarah, just so you know, okay. blank not, slate here. You're not following
1: the masses. We got it. Right.
0: Okay. okay. So I was watching it. I taped it. I was watching it that evening, the NBC Kona coverage, which is obviously like the big deal coverage. And it was just kind of boring. Like I was like following it. Like we turned it off halfway through and went to sleep. And I was like, Hey, is this like, is it just me? This just doesn't seem very good. And my husband was like, no, it's not. And I watched the rest of it the next day. And then I heard everybody else complaining. And it just, it was just like, po- the script was poorly written. It, it was, it was poorly edited. They did like weird edits where they would like cut forward to the run and then back to the bike, whatever that, it, like really? that part just didn't make sense. Yeah. And then the, nar- they changed narrators and he just kind of like, wasn't as exciting. And instead of saying, right, instead of it being like, you can almost hear it in the old narrator's voice if you ever watched it. Daniela is 15 minutes behind, but can she make it up? Right? Like you would hear that in like the old narrator's voice. And instead they were just like... Things happen in races, and here she comes. And you're like, what? Like, what the fuck? Like, what? What? So they, like, didn't take, like, they could have taken dramatic situations and made it exciting. They could have taken, like, the fastest Conan in history. And instead of, like, building up that everyone was going so fast, they, they, like, did this, like, 30-second recap of, like, the wind conditions are favorable. And so we're seeing lots of fast times. And also, the heat hasn't risen that much. And you were like, oh, oh, okay. Right. And then they, like, didn't mention it again. It was very strange, Weird. Sarah.
1: Well, and everybody, anybody who's ever had to create a story for any reason like you're a writer right like you like you can take facts that happen like it's not the facts that make it interesting it's how you tell the story and like there's no way they couldn't have made an interesting story out of that
0: it was just it was bizarre they just kind of like relayed a bunch of information and then they did and then the one thing then they did show patrick Lange's whole like proposal which was like oh just after that after not making it like dramatic and interesting you it just didn't they hadn't earned my emotional investment at that point, Sarah. So it fell very flat. Right. That's right. Right. Wow. It felt weak. And then the thing is though, like I watched the quest for Kona episodes mm-hmm. that, it, you know, before that, and they were actually a lot better this year. They were actually like really interesting. Like Sarah true, like they had pros this year and Sarah true's was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Sarah, I watched this new show. It was amazing. Uh, on NBC sports called the next Olympic hopeful. Mm-hmm. And it was so good it was they did a reality show essentially of one of u.s olympic committee's like open talent calls which they do all like these are real things they didn't just do this for tv where they'll do like an open talent call for athletes to see if they're missing any talent that would be good at like bobsled right or other sports people don't do right like right. and so they put them through tests and all this stuff but this year, they made it like a full reality show and they had like characters and backstories and then people got cut and like they're, you know, it was they have, very dramatic. Do they have like the
1: recruitment for all, all different kinds of sports, like all in the same it was, place? They,
0: they, they kept being like 90 athletes, eight spots, eight chances to be the next Olympic hopeful. Oh, that's so
2: awesome. awesome. <laughs> so, okay. So, so what
0: are some of the tasks? Like what are the hoops they
1: have to jump through?
0: Okay. Well, I think, um, I think we should, after the break... Decide if we would be good at these tests, oh, and you know what idea. sport we would make.
1: We would like to thank our sponsors, ask Kicker Inc. and Crave Jerky. You can support the podcast and get twenty percent off by using the code Riding. That's R I D I N G at Ass Kicker Inc. Inc with a K dot com. If you don't already, follow us on all the social medias at If We Were Riding on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And make sure you subscribe to our feed on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts. If We Were Riding is hosted by Kelly O'Mara and me, Sarah Gross. Our fabulous editor is Aaron Hamilton.
2: My time, my time. None of you people can tell me to stop. This time, like the last time. You better get ready to race in the titty to- on the field, it's
1: time to get real. I'm so Okay, so if we're going to decide who's going to be the next Olympic hopeful between me and you, <laughs> I need to know first what the tests are so we can okay, so arbitrarily decide who's going to be better at them.
0: <laughs> this specific open talent call, whatever talent identification they call it, was for eight sports, and it was like rugby, bobsled skeleton, kayak track cycling weightlifting boxing okay so sounds about right so then they were yeah so then they put you through this like ring of like generic tests for all those things so there's sprints where they measure your speed at 10 meters 20 meters 30 meters so they like can tell how fast you explode like throughout it right they did like a shuttle run test, you know, for endurance, which I think we, I think we got that one. They did like jumping power, you know, like how high can you jump, um, how much you can lift in different kinds of squats. They did this like endurance lifting test thing for rowing that I, I feel like we would also be good at. And then they did the craziest test that I thought was really cool was you were like in this circle, and different lights would flash and you had to like to run and turn them off, but you didn't know which one was going to flash. So it was like a reaction Mm -hmm. time coordination thing so so I was watching this whole thing watching them go through all the tests I actually think I really want to try out for this show next year I think I'm going to be the next Olympic hopeful but I'm pretty sure I would fail like all the tests tests. well I can't jump for shit and they wanted you to have like a 23 inch vertical or something like that yeah and then the they did like back squats and they did pull-ups where you have like Mm -hmm. a weight around your waist and I can only do like five pull-ups with like a five pound weight. Like, you know, I, like, that I don't think gonna that's going to be good enough. I don't, I mean, maybe. Okay. But probably not. Like, uh, I do think I got the shuttle run down. I think I'm going to okay. kill that. Okay. So based on what you just said,
1: Kelly, I think there's probably only two things that I might be mildly good at. <laughs> One would be the rowing. Um, and the other one would be like the lights flashing coordination. Oh, you piece. think you'd be good at that? I would not be good at yeah, that. I mean, I, I didn't mean, see, you maybe. saw them do it. So I don't know how good they were, but I feel right. like I'm probably like better than average or like.
0: Sarah, this isn't average. This is the Olympics. Okay. Do You want to be the next Olympic hopeful. I think I'm good at good at it as a triathlete or as an athlete.
1: <laughs> we'll, we'll go with that.
0: I've always thought, we'll honestly,
1: that. I've always thought that I may may have a lo- like, what do you call it? Um, lost my calling? No, missed my calling. On like some kind of like upper body, some some kind of thing that involves like a strong upper body, but that has weight categories because I'm never going to be like strong upper body, like taking on like massive people. Right. But compared to my body size, I have like pretty strong. So maybe like a class. Like a like rowing or something that has a weight class, that has like a lightweight category.
0: Or weightlifting that has a weight class. Ooh, I don't know about Or boxing. Women's boxing, they definitely need people. Then you have to punch people. Yeah, also you get punched. I'm not into that. Right. I have always the reason I started watching this show is partially because it looked awesome. And partially because I have always wondered, I've always wanted there to be like if I went and did all these tests, like, what would they say I was good at? What if it's like something I never even thought of? And they were like, oh, actually, you would be an amazing squash player, right? Right. And I could really be at the Olympics. And that. And they do have talent identification stuff in like Australia and China. I think those are the only countries that really do it heavily. But we don't do it here. And so I'm like, I mean, not at, like as wide a level. So, OK,
1: if they did it more widely, what sports do you think you'd be picked for?
0: Well, obviously, I like think I'm good at track. Or else, like, what the hell
1: am no, I doing? You can't, you can't, cross right. off
0: limits. You're not allowed to pick that. Off limits. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a good question. I'm trying to like, now I'm like, I had briefly decided team handball was going to be my thing. Team handball. I didn't even know there was such a thing. Okay. Exactly. That's why it was going to be my thing. Right.
1: <laughs> Is it in the Olympics?
0: Yes. That's why it was going to be my thing. Okay. It's going to be great. Perfect. I also think I wouldn't be terrible at rugby just so you know. Oh. What about, what about you?
1: Okay. Well, like on the same theme, as I said before, like the upper body strength, upper body strength combined with an endurance sport. So I would go with like, so you're CrossFit rowing. Mm, no, well CrossFit without the Olympic lifting rowing <laughs> or like the kayaking option that you said was on the show. Okay. Maybe, maybe
0: I think we'll find out because I think I've decided I'm going to try out for this next year. It's (laughs) going to be amazing. And you're for sure going to be in the final 90. I mean, how could that be? Yeah. They're going to put me on the TV. They're going to do a whole little special about me. It'll be great guys. Just wait. Awesome.